You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. For your next sci-fi addiction, you need to pick up the first books in the Spire novel series from author Peter F. Smith. The Spire brings to life a setting years after a viral apocalypse has decimated the world's population, leaving only a handful of families who were instrumental in the downfall of mankind as its new rulers. With mankind wiped out, these elites turn on one another with violent results. I enjoyed the incredible details put into the action scenes that rival any you could possibly see on the big screen and the thought put into the world building crops possibilities that are endless. The second book, Apocalypse Dawn, allows you to dive further into this dystopia from a survivor's point of view and will grip you instantly. You can pre-order both books on Amazon for 99 cents until November 12th. So sign into your account now and pick up your copies of the next major sci-fi hit and always remember to geek out. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds where it's the same year and you're the same person, but everything else is different? And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If... Last week, we talked to you about Max Lord, one of the big baddies now in the DC universe. So we decided to do a challenge. Isn't that right, Chris? Yes. We are going to take um, Max Lord's coming of villainy story, and we are going to spin it on its rear and cast it in the Marvel Universe. So, the, I mean, essentially, it's the, the sacrifice story we talked about last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mixing of sacrifice and the OMAC project. So we're going to take... And it's crazy because with Max Lord stepping into villainy, he had the one major story, then they offed him as a character. So that's crazy. I mean, granted, yes, they did wind up bringing him back Bright of State and stuff like that. But man, what a way to go out. And I was like, hey, I'm bad. I killed you. And now I'm dead. <laughs> and Rafa, I mean, what did you think of that, that story in particular? I mean, it's one of those things that kind of kept you for a, for a big loop. Because again, it's setting up this, this quintessential story that would be so important so much later. And for it to kind of culminate into what it was and to now also probably become one of the main highlights of this new Wonder Woman movie. I think it was really cool. And again, I got to use a character that I thought was a good guy, but then turned out, nope, he was a dastardly monster. Yeah. <laughs> and joining us this week is Sam. Hello, everybody. It's Sam. <laughs> Sam is cool and Sam is wise and Sam is going to learn all kinds of comic books today. Yes, I like I, like I do every time we do this. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get into the spinner rack first and then we can... Move into our, our challenge for this week. All right. So here we are at Wonderful Wednesday, and we are taking a look at what is in your comic shops. So coming at you from DC Comics, we have The Absolute Swamp Thing by Alan Moore Hardcover. Yes, they've done trade paperback collections. They've done all kinds of collections. These are very nice. I have to say I admire the cover of this one. It's got that nice leafy green, and then it all blends into Swamp Thing's face popping out. Mm. So this is going to take the early part of, Swamp, of Alan Moore's legendary run. Uh, so we will actually get uh, Saga of the Swamp Thing issues 20 through 34 and an annual. So you're talking about 15 comics. That's a really good deal for this one. So if you have been curious, I would suggest doing this collection as your Swamp Thing set. 
Uh, Batman and the Outsiders hit issue seven. So we get to see uh, Black Lightning, Duke Thomas, and all the other sides come together as the Outsiders and do some crazy stuff. Batman's Grave issue two is out, and this is Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch teaming up to do a 12-part maxi-series on the Batman. How will this affect the curtain continuity? I don't know. It's just going to be some interesting stuff. Uh, Catwoman number I mean, s- is that what they're going to be doing now? Is it, Are we just going to get offshoot stories? Yeah, like- we're just going to get seasons. Honestly, that's what I see comics going to. It's huh. Comics as a medium are rarely getting produced. It's more like, here's you know the run of Superman by Brian Michael Bendis. Here's the run of Batman by Tom King. And that's what you'll see. You'll just see Batman and either a specific writer or artist, and then volume one through X, and then that's it. And I mean, and, and I mean, I understand that Elseworlds has been a part of DC Universe for a very long time, but like, you have what? You have Batman Damned, you have uh, Batman White Knight, you have uh, well, but Batman that, Grave, but, but Batman you, Last Grim Knight. Like, well, but these this, are all, this Batman's Grave is not an Elseworlds. This is actually a main continuity. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is this is like because basically it, it starts off somebody is murdered. Um, I think there's somebody murdered, and the body is found at the grave of Thomas and Martha Wayne. Mm. So this is just it's it's like why isn't this Detective Comics or Batman? No, this is just like hey let's let's just give it its own twelve part series. So it's you know it's a big thing because it's Warren Ellis, and then it's got beautiful art by Brian Hitch, and that's what they're going with. So it's just going to be a twelve part thing. It's kind of like to me this feels like Mister Miracle. Like it, it's one of those okay. things where it's like okay we're going to do this. It doesn't necessarily pique my interest just because it's like well. I mean, that's what the Batman and Detective Comics are for. That's what they should be about. So, you know, because it, it would be like, I, to, to put it into perspective, if Hush was done today, I think they would have done Batman Hush as a 12-issue miniseries right. it instead been of being part of the comic book series, even though it stands because, like, Jeff Loeb jumped on that, ran 12 issues. Jim Lee jumped on it, ran 12 issues, and they both exited. But I think by today's standards, the way they're practicing everything, I could see Batman Hush being a 12-issue miniseries. Now, something that just popped into my head right now, I would be curious to see what you guys would think of this. What if they re-release Batman Hush as the single issues, and they call it that, Batman Hush issue one, and they do the 12 parts, and they have it in collectible in format again, reprinted it. Do you think that'd be a worthwhile goal to persuade, to I, pursue? I don't think as individual issues it would do well. I think yeah, just here. doing it as a trade is, is your best bet and do it as a more prestige trade. Do it as a omnibus or what, you know, not omnibus, but uh, what's the other Deluxe one? hardcover. Deluxe, like that, hard, yeah. deluxe, deluxe hardcover. Or, there's one more, isn't there? Well, there's Absolute. absolutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Okay. I was just curious because like, I, I mean, know, I would like it. Yeah, sure. But I'm not going to go out and buy each Well, yeah, because I think because we have the original yeah. issues and we have... I know we have at least got one or two versions of the collections, yeah. but yeah. it would just be something where it's like, I'm, because I know they're doing a lot of reprints right now, and the only bummer with some of these reprints is, like, when you do the first appearance of Batman, that's it. It was one done. Uh, you do the first appearance of certain other characters from probably like 1990 and up, you almost have like two issues to them, two or three, a miniseries. You know what I'm saying? So it'd be interesting to see like what if they tried something like that different in the marketing, see if, if it worked. Because surprisingly, so the, the, the first appearance of Wolverine is actually contested. A lot of people say it's actually issue 181 of The Incredible Hulk. And that's the famous cover where you see Hulk and Wendigo fighting and Wolverine's jumping at him, right? Mm-hmm. But technically, he actually makes an appearance on the last page of Hulk 180. And Marvel is going to reprint Hulk 180, which is crazy because it's like you're just essentially buying a reprint of a comic for that last page. So it's like, okay, that's kind of opening a window for precedent because like the dollar comics, uh, the DC, uh, yeah, I think they, yeah, DC has dollar comics. Marvel has the true believers. So they print 
single issues. Because, like, for example, like I, I got you that Emma Frost one. Look at Emma Pride. Frost Kitty. And that's just a part of the Dark Phoenix saga. So what if they did that, like, where they say, okay, let's collect the Dark Phoenix saga and, you know, the nice uh, maybe acetate covers or hard covers of these single issues and sell them that way, like at three ninety nine a prop. Because you wouldn't need to pay the writer or an artist. You've already got them. It could be another marketing tool. Just I don't know. Just something I thought of right now. Like, I mean, I, I'm kind of excited, but I, I collect shit like that. I was so gonna say, that, I get that. I would say that would be the the biggest, the best person to ask would be you. I mean, you're you're the one. I that's am gonna not go the about fan it. anymore. Like I like I mean I, in, in 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 what we do, but like the market buying and stuff like that. I'm not. I'm I'm a guy who goes to a comic shop. I am not the guy that a comic shop is for anymore, though. Yeah, right. But I'm but I'm just saying in in the case of is 180. More important than 181. Like, we're, if you were the collector of Wolverine's first appearance, do you want 180 or do you want 181? It goes back to like oh, yeah. Ben Riley. Do you take the one where it's just the nameless, faceless clone or do you want the actual? Oh, see, now first- that's tough because when you ask me about the Wolverine situation, I go 181. But when you ask me about the Ben Riley one, I go for all of it. Like, I even go back to 1974 and I get the issue where he was. Uh, first appeared as a clone. Right. I'll even get the one when they brought him back in the '90s, where they just identify him wearing a high school ring. So, like, I'll go to that length for certain characters, not all. And uh, like, honestly, in my prediction of this, I think that Hulk 180 will take a dive. It is going to be a bad idea, but it's just such a niche idea to pick. Like, if they had said, "Hey, let's take Watchmen." and like that's what they should have done when they had dead months in between Doomsday Clock, re-release Watchmen. Make a second print edition with nice acetate covers, hard covers, maybe even make a series of variant covers. They could have done something like that. Contract Dave Gibbons, see if he would do something. And that could have been something that it could sold in Companion. And I think people would have bought that. I think even people who bought the original Watchmen would buy those again. Probably. You know, so it's just yeah. it depends on what they pick. And, and I think it's also relative to where the culture's at. I mean, right now, like we've talked about ad nauseum so many times, pop culture and comic books have kind of come together in oh, this yeah. moment. And, you know, something that's always existed, especially in Japanese culture, is otaku culture. And otaku is just ultimate fanboys. And so, you know, I think the real question is whether this issue or this issue is more important. It depends. Are you the ultimate fan? If you love Wolverine, they probably buy both. Yeah. Because they can have both of those aspects. But are there enough of those people out there to make it worth it? Yeah. I don't don't think that one does it. I'm not saying that. I mean, I understand that a true fan of the character is going to have both. Right. But which one do they put up in the frame on the wall? Is it going to be 180 or is it going to be 181? That's true. It's hard. True fan will put up both. Yeah. I mean, that's. You only have so much space. Okay, yeah. then 181. I mean, gun, that's where he's in, in the most of it. <laughs> gun, gun to head, which one is that you put up on the wall? 181, because 180 is just a preview. True. And Does 181 has, him, has the, his first appearance on a cover, too. So, I mean, it makes sense to me, but I'm just saying I'm not, the, else, I'm not yeah. the person that, that, that yeah. really goes yeah. for that. Well, and, and, and you bring up a good point, because even then it's like, because what was it? We got that DC preview. Asriel, you know, mm-hmm. brand new, and that predates Asriel number one. Right. So that technically is his first appearance. But you look up any Wizard Price Guide, Wikipedia, God, Wizard Price Guide, people are like, <laughs> what did he just say? Right. You look up Wikipedia. Is that the one with the toys? <laughs> yeah. And you look at Wikipedia, and they're going to, you know, Batman, the Sword of Asriel, number right. one is the first appearance, when you could argue, well, wait a second, because then I guess that's true. That opens up a can of worms where it's like, well, I've got showcase number four. Three and it's advertising next issue the Flash. So does that mean I have the true first appearance of Barry Allen? So I guess yeah. So I mean I think it's a neat idea that they're doing 180. I don't predict the sales going well, but I think I believe that there's a market of specialty series, limited series that they could do reprints for, and that would sell. 
So just going back to your original question, a um, little bit, uh, it's a little bit of a sidetrack, but I think DC has really dropped the ball and maybe they haven't in the last couple, in the last year because I haven't been reading again, but uh, Hush was a relatively new villain for Batman that I think hit really well with a lot of people and they've done nothing with. Like Tommy Elliott is a character that's hasn't appeared right in, yeah in books well, he doesn't get his justice anymore because the last appearance he he was in tom king's batman for like one page of fight and even then it's like he got dismissed in one page and, and he like, was also he's in the, not that character the the wedding special issues right he had to That's go true, against uh, went, nightwing right he, yeah he had himself made up to look like nightwing now which is now a thing of hush where it's like oh i get my face redone all the time i'll i'll look like you i'll look like this i'll look like that um and then the other thing was is that because you brought up Azrael. Because um, the other new version, new villains that they've created for Batman that it's actually stuck. Because that's the thing is like you try and create a new villain for Batman to fight, it doesn't usually stick. Yeah, you know? that's true. Yeah. But Court of Owls has has stuck, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, they're big. So the Azrael mantle is the the knight of the Order of Saint Dumas. How come you haven't? They, there should be a history between the Court of Owls and the the Order of Saint Dumas, like that goes back further. There's your writing project, right? There's some, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. There is something. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the Court of Owls is the old timey. Yeah, the the Order of Saint Dumas is old timey. Yeah, intertwine those two. That would be interesting. Six issue miniseries announced here. <laughs> By the way, I just need to mention that I am under contract with Geekly Radio to mention Azrael in every every episode. episode. <laughs> Otherwise, Mitch fires me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go back to the spinnerack. Azrael, Azrael, Azrael. I'm good for the next four. Okay, uh, let's see. Catwoman issue 17 is out. She will get one of those fancy acetate covers. It's a beautiful. Uh, it kind of mimics the wedding so she's in a dress looking at herself and you see her in the Catwoman one so it kind of mimics those nice variant covers but anyways uh, Selena Kyle she's back into her villainous ways what's going to happen the year of the villain she's going to wind up having a big showdown with Rihanna Creel which I believe is um, the big villain in the Catwoman books right now so looks like that story will finally be coming to a head maybe a conclusion Detective Comics issue 1015 is out uh, this continues on with Mr. Freeze and Mrs. Freeze Nora Fries is back she is heartless and she is evil so watch out Joker and Harley Quinn you might not be the power couple anymore uh, speaking of reprints <laughs> Dollar Comics will be featuring Blackest Night number one this week. Uh, fantastic story. And again, this is a teaser because you're only going to get one issue. But man, that was a great first issue for Blackest why, Night. Why Blackest Night? Oh, I'll get to that in a minute. Oh, I will. Okay. Okay, so it's been a minute. Uh, well, because, okay, I'm going to jump ahead to it. Um, Tales from the Dark Multiverse will be doing another one of their uh, uh. new stories. And this week they'll be featuring Blackest Night. Um, it was interesting. Like, I... I don't know. Maybe I wasn't in the right headspace. Um, I do like the fact that they're recasting The Blackest Night. And as I was explaining to Sam earlier, like obviously the mainstream comics, the heroes are going to win. These are going to give us those stories. You'll see people make the ultimate sacrifice and stuff like that. And this version, the Tales from the Dark Multiverse, it's just the worst case scenario that could have happened. Uh, we do get some neat things like spoilers, but we're going to get Sinestro, the limbo lantern. So if you've been looking at the preview art, you'll see Sinestro wearing both a black lantern ring, a white lantern ring and, and being split down the half. Uh, and this one's fun because we actually get to see other characters that weren't famous then, but are famous now. So we get to see Dove get more of a spotlight. Mr. Miracle okay. is now a part of the Blackest Night. And Lobo will also be another character in this one. So if you're fans of them, it's definitely worth picking up. You get the whole story done in one, and it's fun. You know, fun stuff like that. How many, how many lanterns has Sinestro now been? 
Like just adds an, like as many as Hal has, <laughs> uh, basically, well, right? Yeah, like, I think the only one those two haven't been has been a um, Love Lantern, the Star Sapphires, a Compassion. That's true. You know, well, Hal hasn't been Compassion, but Sinestro has. Yeah, for they they actually did take him. Uh, has has Sinestro, Sinestro been a red? Uh, ooh, that's a good call. You're right. Oh, yeah, Hal has, has, right? has Hal's it, been red. I don't yeah. think he's been blue either, right? Yeah, that's true. Sinestro hasn't been hopeful, but Hal has. Um, orange, got the, the ultraviolet. Yeah, it's new true. He got that upgrade with Lex, which I don't know much about that one. I need to I need to read up more on those to see what's going on with that. But anyways, yeah, great, great one dollar reprint. Uh, pick it up and be ready to go buy the trade because you're gonna love that story. Event Leviathan number six of six. Brian Michael Bendis's master story is finally coming to a conclusion. So that's right, the man has just barely been with us at DC Comics, and he gets to hold up one of the big events. Um, I just wish I cared more. I really I, do. I cannot hype this one. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll put it out there just because it's an event comic. I love the idea of the detective teams. I think it's great that you had, like, the capes, uh, Batman, Superman, Robin, and Green Arrow. And I love that you have the the uh, mystery men, Lois Lane, Plastic Man, and, and others. But when they finally, like, we get to discover who Leviathan is. And all you young fans are going to open this, and you're going to be like, who is that? I don't know. So prepare to Wikipedia. I know who Paul DeKirk is. Uh-oh. Is spoiler. Kirk, Kirk Paul. <laughs> uh, Kirk Paul. Um, so Paul DeKirk was the clone of him that was on the power company team. Yeah, wow. something, that something so, like that. Yeah. So it, it, so as, as Mitch shared, the, the, it all ties into the Manhunters. So if you are a fan of the Manhunter legacy, this is going to be great. Uh, if you want to learn more about the Manhunter legacy, this is going to open that door. And for it being an event, honestly, I can't say I found myself too hyped. So, yeah. Um, let's see. Moving along. He's Far- a Jack Kirby creator creation. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. The one with the wicked cool sleeves and that, that wild uh, gun. <laughs> the yeah. Japanese looking Shogun. Out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, well, it'd be interesting to see. Like, I, I would love to learn more about uh, Jack Kirby's World War II service. Because I, I, oh. I always picture him being probably more in Europe. But I wonder, because I see that in some of the stuff, I wonder if maybe he served in the Pacific side of things. Was he in the Army or in the Marine Corps? Um, to be honest with you, I don't know. I would, off the top of my head, I want to say Army. Then he, was in, Europe. Then he was in Europe. Because the Marines. Europe. That's what I figured, yeah. yeah. The Marines were more in the yeah. uh, uh, Pacific theater. Yeah. Well, exactly. But, yeah, but again, I don't know. He could have been a Marine. Like I said, I don't know his. I know he did serve. I just don't know which, which branch. But, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, unfortunately for Jack, like, you know, Stan Lee, Dr. Seuss, and several others, they got put in as playwright, and they got, you know, really good treatment and stuff like that. And, you know, Jack Kirby, it's like, you're a grunt. <laughs> you're, you're boots <laughs> to ground. Get ready, you know. Uh, so, but, now, we, when we talk about... Go ahead. Jack Kirby was drafted in the U.S. Army on June 7th in 1943. When, so he served in the Army. There you go. When we talk about um, uh, this character, the Paul Kirk, Manhunter, or is it Kirk Paul? Kirk Paul Manhunter? Sure. That got me confused. Yeah, either way. Anyways, Kirk, that's a safe <laughs> name. <laughs> uh, is this, are we talking about the same thing that, like, when uh, you talk about him a lot, Julie Schwartz comes in and, and says, we need new Green Lantern, we need new Flash? Well, Manhunter's been weird because, okay. Wait, 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 is that, am I got the right name? for? Well, Julie it, Schwartz. Did he come in and say that we need the new Green Lantern and that's when we get Joe yeah, yeah. Jordan yeah. as opposed to Alan Scott? Mm-hmm. Okay, because we have, we have the, we have the Manhunter, this one. Mm-hmm. Then we have the Manhunters that the, the robot ones, the robot ones that the Owens created. Yep. Then we have Martian Manhunter. 
Totally different, though. No, I understand. I, I get that Manhunter link, but yeah, totally. So it wasn't like coming in and saying, we have this name, we want to redo it, we need to, we need to repurpose the name for anything? Yeah, no, because if anything, you had... Because you even have a Golden Age Manhunter that looks like the robot Manhunters from Green Lantern. So you had that Golden Age character that looks like the Manhunter robot, but he was a human, so he was off doing his thing. Comics faded away. They went more sci-fi in the 50s because Martian Manhunter... He actually was created before Barry Allen, so a lot of people argue that he should be the start of the Silver Age, but that was also like like Groot. Groot predates the Fantastic Four, so people are like, well, should he be the Marvel Age, or is it just that he got repurposed? And that's what happened with Martian Manor. It was just one of those things like, hey, my favorite Martian is a great TV show. Let's make that a superhero mm, thing. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So Eminem, Martian Manhunter, because Martian Mailman didn't work so well with the trial <laughs> audience. Uh, I was gung-ho for it. Martian Milkman. There you <laughs> That's go. That's where it's at. All right, let's see. Moving along, we've got Far Sector. Uh, this begins a 12-issue maxi-series. Uh, this will feature the adventures of another new Green Lantern, Sojourner Joe Mullion. Uh, she will be taking care of $20 billion. Like This is this is in the future. So Far Sector, it, it plays with the idea of like the outer space Green Lantern sectors, but far also being in time. So she's definitely living mm. in a world of peace. And now all of a sudden here comes a Green Lantern ring, which represents the possibility of chaos. So she's got to conflict her beliefs and then see what's going on with that. Uh, this is a, this is a big book. It might be worth grabbing just because there's a lot of rumor <coughs> about G5. What is G5? You ask? Well, DC Comics, if you've taken a sneak peek and been keeping an eye, they've been talking a lot about redoing their timeline. So they introduced the idea of G1 beginning with Wonder Woman, who is now a part of World War I. Uh, then that leads into the JSA, the Justice Society, World War II, Alan Scott, Jay Garrick, and all those fun things. Uh, Generation 2, I believe, would be like Barry Allen, Clark Kent, Bruce Wayne. G3 would probably be Dick Grayson, Donna Troy. G4 should then be Connor Kent... Bart Allen and those folks, and then G5 is whatever. Now, again, this is all fantasy and delusion until it's actually, like, I guess right now I'm, I'm sounding like a clickbait, clickbait article, but I'm not making you click stuff or give you viruses. Uh, but anyways, this could be one because she, this, this Joe character is rumored to be the new Green Lantern of the mm. fifth generation, even though there's like a ton of Earth Lanterns. <laughs> but here's another <laughs> one. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, it could be worthwhile if you just want an interesting story. It's definitely, it looks pretty good on its own. Uh, Flash will be hitting issue 82. This will continue on the uh, year of the villain, and this will begin the story arc entitled Rogue's Reign. So Captain Cold is going to get another spotlight here, so this could look very, very interesting. Flash, year one will be collected as a hardcover, and this will collect issues 70 through 75. So if you are a fan of origin stories, this is the modern origin of Flash, and it gets the official year one title to it. Speaking of Flash... Flashpoint is now being collected in a uh, box set edition. So this is going to collect a lot of the trade paperbacks that will feature the bulk, if not all, of the Flashpoint story arc. So if you want to read what happened to Flashpoint Green Lantern, Flashpoint in the Flash comics, and God, the, the, the Batman Joker love story that doesn't exist, uh, all that fun stuff, this is the trade collection to get. I enjoyed those trades. I remember picking them all up mm -hmm. because I read Flashpoint. I thought Flashpoint was really good. I really yeah. enjoyed it, but I thought it was also very short and very fast. 
Yeah, for it being a crisis level story, yeah. it went quick. Very quick. And so I read through that. I'm like, I'm not satisfied. So then I went back and I collected, you know, Green Lantern, Flashpoint, Batman, Flashpoint, the Wonder Woman, Aquaman, by far is the oh, best Oh, those are one. good ones, yeah. Because um, it really, now you understand the war better. And it's it, to me, these very felt like, not Elseworlds, but they felt like it, this whole dark multi- Verse thing that they're doing. That's a good way to phrase like, it. Yeah, these like tales that. as well of how things could have gone bad, especially yeah. with Superman's story, because he is the one that's found and like he's malnourished and yeah, the government has taken him. Yeah, yeah. so I, I highly recommend it for sure. Oh yeah, no, it's it's definitely fun. Like a lot of the stuff you could see, like um, Cyborg. This is where they start playing with the idea. Hey, he yep. should be a top tier character. Shazam! You know, now we get the seven. You know, or no six. We get the six heroes of that. So yeah, they did. They played with a lot of cool stuff. Um, the Flashpoint Green Lantern and the Flashpoint Hal Jordan. Those are fun ones as well. Yeah, you get to see what the White Ring would have looked like and stuff like that. So yeah, wild, wild stuff. Uh, let's see. Gotham City Monsters issue three of six is coming along. So if you want more Gotham City action, this is a book to go to. And for Batwoman fans, she will be here as well. Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy Part Three of Six continues on their shenanigans after the Great Heroes in Crisis. And what I think is really neat about this one, of course, it's a pain for those that collect everything. They have the regular cover, but then they also did their nice. Um, so it used to be a real prestige thing, like the Virgin art. So it was just the art, no big titles on it. DC has now made that standard for all of their variant covers, which I love because going back to the idea of framing stuff, these are where it's at. So this issue three has a beautiful Harley variant and then a Poison Ivy variant. So if you're going to collect all this, there's three covers to choose from. So I'm sorry, but you're welcome. Uh, Hawkman issue 18 will be out, and this will continue on with uh, more of the, um, what do they call them, the Sky Baron, if I remember correctly. Um the Sky Tyrant. So Hawk, uh, Hawkman is considered the Sky Tyrant here, and he's been part of the Year of the Villain, so we get to see what's happening with him. Sky? Well, okay, so Hawkeye is taking on a new name? Hawkman, sorry. Hawkman, Hawkman. oh, okay. Sorry, I'm flustered. It's okay. So uh, that's fine. I mean, I should have picked up on that one and being in the DC Universe, but Hawkman is now the Sky Terran. Uh, as in Earther? It, doesn't Terran mean Earth? No, t- a tyrant. Oh, no, tyrant. 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 Sorry. Got it. Uh, Sky, but that's also a weird switch for such a hero. Well, he's part of the Joker <laughs> infected stuff. Okay. So, or not the Joker, the Batman who laughs. So he's uh, part of that infected stuff. So he's one of the main six. So this is, instead of him getting his own one shot, he gets, it continues on in his own book. Got it. Uh, are we having more of these uh Batman who laughs uh, infected like heroes? Uh, well, there's the main six, Supergirl, Donna Troy, Jim Gordon, Hawkman, Blue Beetle, and Shazam. Shazam. So they're the secret six. They were the secret six that were infected. Um, Superman has given himself over in hopes uh-huh. of going undercover, and it kind of backfired in his face. And then, yeah, there is rumor that maybe a couple more people may or may not be infected. But I just like that concept of just this evil Hawk, Hawkman just version because he's terrifying when you really bring it down, right? Because even as a hero, for hero standards, I mean, he's a good guy, but muscular all these weapons flies around kicks ass like even i remember reading like the savage hawkman uh when u52 came out and he was just a much more deadly character because he was going around just killing not killing people but like taking out bad guys like it was nobody's business mm-hmm. one of my favorite things specifically was when they did the justice league of america new 52 what happened there was uh hawkeye i remember he's sitting there and vibes at the table and vibe says you have blood on you and how and he's just like it's not my blood and then he just kind of sits away from yeah. him so i mean just this guy but bastardized into an evil version 
Jokerized that see that that's something that I can watch because I think he'd be a good bad guy. Kind of like what they wanted when um when they they failed with making Hawks the bad guy in that. Oh, with Monarch. Yeah, Monarch. Yeah, yeah. like he, he's a bad guy that I could buy into. What was it? Sky Terror Tyrant. Yeah, Sky, Sky Tyrant. Tyrant for the, the Sky new Tyrant. One, yeah. See, like I'm down with that. Like I think. Uh, I mean, Hawkman would have to be your version of uh, DC's version of Wolverine, right? Like he's the one that will that will do the killing if you need. He definitely, to be- like I, I'd say maybe put him more on the Ares side of things, okay? Because he's that legendary warrior through time, Fair. and he's okay with like, hey, I'll do what needs to be done. I don't mind. I'll I'll I'll, I'll sacrifice somebody. <laughs> you know? So he's totally okay with it. Because yeah, I remember that that was a cool issue in New Fifty Two. And he's sitting there, and then yeah, Vibe is this new kid hero, and it's like. Hey, you're bleeding. No, I'm good. That's just the bad guy. <laughs> um, His blood. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. kidding. Uh, what? It, I don't know if anybody's familiar with Battlestar Galactica. I'm not. Yes. Okay. So is this like is this like the version of uh, who are the six Cylons or whatever? Oh God, that's a good okay. question. That's who are the six? Good. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I could see that, but they completely butchered it with with uh, Battlestar when they did that. Oh, uh, okay. I thought at least, especially towards the end, some good reveals, but most of it was like, "What? Why is that happening?" <laughs> um, so I'm hoping like this one's better for sure, even though we already know that the six that are they're supposed to be. Yeah, they did. They they released it pretty early on, but I will say I think it's kind of neat because for once DC brought back the idea of the teaser art. So if you look at this, you know the infected teaser poster you can clearly see who the six were they were the only ones actually touching their face and it's like oh cool they're bringing back the teaser art and we actually get a conclusion from it that's really neat that's the good part um and they've done some great stuff like i mean the jim gordon one like i know a lot of people are going to be like ah who cares it's jim gordon no he was cool like when he confronted uh, batman he was like you're only good for getting kids killed and it's like wow because, yeah, you're talking about the Sky Tyrant and how Hawkman's a crazy dude. You have Jim Gordon, who's a, you know, an, an older guy. I mean, yes, he's, he's, a cool, he's a cool cat. He can do all these amazing things. He's a Green Beret and all that. But it's like, man, you know, that, I think he cut harder than the Sky Tyrant did right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Getting back to the spinner rack then. Okay. So I think I've got – okay. Justice League Odyssey will continue on. Uh, we will get issue 15, and they will be part of the Year of the Villain as well. Um, Superman issue 17 will be out as well. This is going to be a big one because coming in December, maybe even January, uh, major spoilers here. They've already put it out there. But Superman is going to reveal something. He's going to, since he is the champion of truth, he's going to put it out there. Clark Kent will be exposed to Superman. I guess exposed is the wrong word. He will actually let people know that he is the Superman. So this is going to be, if you're looking to collect that series or collect those issues, I would definitely get yourself a copy of issue 17 because this one, while he doesn't reveal his ultimate plan, he does choose to have Supergirl like, can I talk to you? And that's when he sets aside the idea like there's something I need to do. They don't say it outright, but that's basically what they're going to do. And this is happening in the pages of Justice League? No, in Superman. In Superman okay, I was going to say, because that yeah. seems like it'd be wrong to not do it in the Superman book. Yeah, it'll, right. it'll be Superman 17. Then there should be a special Superman one-shot book where he does reveal himself to the world. And then Superman 18 will be immediately concluding that issue as well. So for those of you collecting, yeah, this might be one of those ones. <laughs> Again, this is the Incredible Hulk 180. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, let's see. Tales from the Dark Multiverse Black as Night number one will be out. So yes, uh, this is a fun little story. I was kind of not as, as as I was underwhelmed. I guess is a great way to say it. So I really enjoyed 
the idea of it. I was looking forward to it. But in the end, it was just kind of like, okay, that wasn't too bad. So I kind of wished it would have been a little bit more hyped up. And Wonder Woman 82 will be out as well. This is part of the year of the villain. And we see the cheetah get a great uh, spotlight on herself. Uh, Over from Marvel Comics, if you were a fan of X-Men the Animated Series, and you didn't know this, they actually had comic books. So they will be creating these little... uh, trade paperback graphic novel editions that will feature the adventures of the X-Men. So these were basically comic book stories that would continue the adventures of that cartoon world. Uh, these are great. Seven through issue, or issue 7 through 12 will be there, and they're only twelve ninety nine, so that's not bad. I think that actually turns out to be cheaper than buying the actual issues themselves. Uh, what else do we got? Black Cat Annual number 1, and this one's got a wedding cover. That's right. Black Cat is looking to tie the knot with Spider-Man. Uh, what's going to happen? We don't know, so... That's all I know. <laughs> so definitely check it out. It, it could be something worth hyping about. Uh, Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda issue three will be out as well. This week from the dawn of X, we will get Fallen Angels number one. Now, I know I'm hyped about this one because on the cover we see Kawanin, X-23, and a young Wi-Fi Nate Cable. So I'm definitely excited because I know those characters, they definitely have some darkness in their souls. So it'll be interesting to see what the Fallen Angels really mean. And they have legacy to them too, right? I mean, with Laurel, yeah, we got the into Wolverine. Cyclone, Psylocke, you tie into know, Wolverine. Summer's and, family. And Summer's family, yeah. And even now with Psylocke on how the other end, we're dealing with Excalibur, Yeah, right? that's true. So, I mean, I wonder, you know, I don't know where the direction of this book is going, but maybe it'll kind of delve into that. You know, like we are the outcasts. We have so much put onto us, but we're still kind of doing our own path. And it's interesting characters that I want to see interact. Because one of my favorite things about uh, Michael Bendis when he did the the new X-Men book was oh, yeah. when he brought Laura in and she connected with the young the young original five when they were off doing their adventures. And I really liked the way that she kind of opened up to them. And I didn't like her dating angel. I didn't think that made a lot of sense. I was so sad because they had that big cover with her and Cyclops kissing. So you're like, Oh, this is what it's going to be. Yeah. Then it just did the opposite. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Same thing with like when they had Jean, like make out with beast. There's a lot of just covers that are taking you the wrong direction. Yeah. So no, they mean they, they did make out, but still, but I like that one scene where, you know, Cyclops, he looks like he needs a hug and she says, I normally don't do this, but, yeah. If you need a hug, I'll give you a hug. Yeah, and no. I like that because it, it 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 humanized her that much more. And with Laura, it's always interesting because I know she's a kid, but then they kind of like aged her up mm-hmm. during the whole, um, you know, when she was in X-Force and doing that stuff. Yeah, that's true. And then, you know, when they came back to this, they de-aged her. So she's a little bit younger again. Yeah. So I'm just kind of, I don't know where she's at. And then she's also just another, ju- she's like a more intense Jubilee because they're both like Wolverine's daughters, kind of. Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot. Well, she gets that Katie Pride thing. Yeah. Where it's like one minute in this book, you're going to be very more adult, and then this moment, you're going to get moted back. You know? Exactly. But yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm down for this. Don, no, Don of X has been kicking a lot of ass. Yeah. No, I am definitely hyped for Fallen Angels because, like you said, it's an interesting group of characters. There's a lot of legacy to them, and these are the ones that it's like this is almost like the Outcast group. So it'll be very interesting to see what will happen with them in their stories. Yeah, maybe I'm turn out, they, they introduce Morph. Hey, <laughs> Probably Morph. not, but you never know. Morph. Yep. Uh, let's see, moving along. Guardians of the Galaxy issue 11 is out. That'll be the penalty issue because the next issue will be 12, and that is when um, Donnie Coates leaves the galactic stuff behind. So that's going to be a big one. So a lot of great stuff. I've been enjoying Guardians of the Galaxy, so I'm very hyped for this one. Uh, History of the Marvel Universe issue 5 will be out. This has been a fun gem of a series. 
Uh, beautiful artwork with great story encased in it. Mark Wade, Javier Rodriguez have come together, and it is fantastic. So in this case, we are jumping into about the late 2000s. Well, actually, I'd probably say 1980s to 2000. So we're talking about the secret invasion, the true origin of Captain Marvel. What are all these things with the intergalactic uh, situations? And the X-Men take the main center stage for the cover. So you got very much first appearance cable, uh, youth, yeah, young Storm when she was way younger, Cyclops and Jean Grey in their X-Force gear, uh, Magneto just being evil, Wolverine there with his three claws. But then you also have Electro and World War Hulk on there too for some strange reason. But yeah, this has been a fun <laughs> series. Highly recommend it. House of X number one gets a fifth print. Uh, House of X number four gets a third printing. House of X number six gets a second printing. That's right. People cannot get enough, and you shouldn't because it's fantastic stuff. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. The Invaders will continue on. Uh, I know Roth and I have been talking about this, like some Namor action going on. Yep. This is going to be a big one. Namor cannot go in the water anymore. Why? Because he is a human. They oh. totally changed him so he can no longer do all his namorific things. He is trapped on a desert island with Captain America. So these two are going to have to have a discussion. I want that bromance back. Yeah, but so some big's gonna happen here. So Chip Zardaski, in my eyes, can do no wrong. So yes, this is great stuff. And don't forget to sign that check over. Uh, Marvel <laughs> Tales, Doctor Strange number one will be out. These Marvel Tales are great. If you want a great standalone reprinting of great stories on characters, this is the way to do it. So this one's fantastic. Why? Because you get Strange Tales number 110, the first appearance of Doctor Strange. So you get some classic Stanley and Steve Ditko coming at you. Then you'll get a reprinting of issues 169 and 170, and that's when Roy the Boy Thomas comes along, and he does some wild stuff there. Uh, the, the, the rematch with Nightmare. So this is going to be fantastic. And then finally, you get another uh, a, a deep... A deep dive into the soul of Doctor Strange, care of Chris Cremart from Marvel Fanfare Issue 5, with some beautiful Marshall Rogers art, so that's going to be great. They're a little bit on the pricey side, but man, they are totally worth it. Uh, Marvel Masterworks continues on with Spider-Man, and we are actually going to be all the way up to Volume 21. This is crazy. So I believe right now... Um, the, uh, the, the the Masterworks series is now taking us into the 1980s Spider-Man. So that's crazy. There's 20 vol- 21 volumes wow. of Spider-Man collection out there for you. Uh, Mobius, he's got our Morbius, sorry, Morbius, he's got a movie coming up. So if you've got a movie coming up, that clearly means you need a comic book series. That's right. So they're going to be making a series. Uh, it, it, it says ongoing. So this is up to you how long it will last. So yeah, Michael Morbius is going to be up to his crazy shenanigans. Now this is something that was interesting, just kind of sidebarring if you guys don't mind. I always find it funny because in my mind, I always think to go uh, Man Bat and Lizard would be the great matchup between those two rogues galleries, right? But in actuality, it should have been Man Bat and Morbius. So in those two, who do you pick? Who do you think wins? Morbius or Man Bat? Um, I would say Man Bat because he's still, he has more feral in him. Like he's going to be more animalistic, whereas uh, Morbius still thinks like a man. I could see that. But with the way people write comics, I could see that appeal makes it so that Morbius is just like, he's losing, and then that Hail Mary happens. And yeah. he somehow manages to like just stab, what is it, Kirk? Is it like Langstrom? Yeah, Kirk Langstrom. Kirk just Langstrom. stabs him through his chest, and he just dies. Also, for some reason in my head, I don't think it's ever happened, but I just imagine there was a series where there was like a buddy cop between him and Blade, and they just learned to get along. 
to fight Actually, vampires. I think they, they, the the Spider Man the nineties animated series they kind of did they did that you know where it's like mm. you know here's Morbius a, and Blade. Mm-hmm. I mean they nice. they were enemies for a long time, but they they, were, but they are also. I mean he's see that's the thing is I don't really know a lot about Morbius. I know about the animated Spider Man animated series yeah, where exactly. he's he uses Spider Man's blood to become the living vampire. But is that how it happened in the comic books? No clue. Pretty close. Is Actually, it? Yeah, yeah, pretty okay. close to it. Um, but yeah, because he ends up being a anti-hero or not an anti-hero, but a, well, he be, he's an anti-hero, right? Yeah, I'd definitely yeah. put him in that regard. Yeah. yeah. So I would say that he's, this, he's on the same level as Venom or, uh, Punisher or probably closer Blade. to Punisher. Yeah. I could see him being one of the Marvel Knights. Right. Well, I think they, they did a real good job with him in the nineties when they did the sons of vengeance. And I wish they would bring that idea back. Cause it's like, Again, you've got this classic supernatural set of superheroes, and how great would it be to have Morbius and Blade teaming up? You know, that's night and day, boom, you know, right there. And you got one who, I mean, they're both half man, they're both half vampire. One is of more the the supernatural side and one is more of the scientific side. So that would be great. Can you imagine how they're doing this? Like one minute, you know, blades like ready to kill somebody because that's a true vampire. Then Morbius is like, no dude, we can cure him. He's got vampire disease. Like I do. It's reversible or something like that. So I think that'd be great because again, it's like, you know, a man of faith and a man of knowledge. Hmm. I like that. There we go. Man, how many comic book series have we created in All this, of them. this podcast? All yes. of them. You're so good at this. Yeah. All right, let's see. Uh, if you missed out, New Mutants War Children number one was out. Uh, this got Chris Claremont and Bill Sankowitz to team up and do a brand new New Mutant story, which is huge because those two are like the founders of the New Mutant. So this is fantastic stuff. So if you missed out, definitely go back and get it. And it's got a wild-looking uh, Bill Sankowitz cover on it. So definitely some stuff to look at there. Uh, Powers of X number one gets a sixth printing as well. Wow. And this will this will make Sam happy. Punisher, yes. Soviet, number one of six. Garth Ennis Garth is Annis, back. yep. Yeah, so what are your thoughts, man? I'm looking forward to it. I'm so looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, I mean, Garth Ennis, is, is, he's, he's great. And the Punisher is obviously... Everybody knows now. It's my favorite. <laughs> what if you were to, I mean, I know this isn't, uh, I, okay, I guess the best person to ask is Sam because he's the, the biggest Punisher fan that's out there or okay. at least in this room. Um, but, I mean, we, and we understand that Frank Castle came up with the Punisher name after his family died. But what if we retroactively made it so that the Punisher was a, was a uh, uh, legacy? Like, what if there was someone in World War II that wore the skull and called himself the Punisher and those you know, tales are things that Frank heard as, either as a kid or as a, 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 a young adult in, in boot camp or something like that. And, and now that's why he adopted it. Is well, that, a, is that a thing? Is that something that you would didn't like? Didn't they do that with Punisher 2099? Yeah. But I never read Punisher. Yeah, it is going forward, but I mean, you could, you could consider this Punisher going forward from yeah. world war two or whatever saying, Oh yeah. I remember hearing about a guy who, was known as a punisher. I mean, he killed many who were whoever, you know, yeah. Nazi, Japanese, whoever, you know, um, uh, of, of the enemy. And that was the nickname that, that he was given. So that is the persona I'm going to take on by creating that legacy though. Um, if it did happen, do you think it adds or takes away from the magic? Yeah. In your personal I opinion, I, would you like question. it? I don't think I would mind it. I, I don't think it would bother me. Um, I mean, look at how many look at how many people we look at in our own past that, that we try to emulate. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. I, I don't have any specifics, but I mean, everybody in this room has somebody from your past, be it a fictional character or somebody that you knew that is somebody that that you respect a lot, yeah, and you wouldn't mind being more like. What's yeah. that? 
Oh, I just named a legend, but oh. yeah, keep going. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's He's Mr. Killing me, Mr. Franny. He's my favorite. It makes me want to be a better person every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. You were shaking your head no, though, Chris. No, no, no. I was shaking my head. I got one for you. Oh, okay. I okay. know exactly who you could take from the Marvel Universe, and this would actually be a great boost for that Golden Age character. And I love Legacy. Like, to me, yeah. when you add more, it makes it better. I don't hate Kyle Rayner. I love that he adds to the Green Lantern Corps. I think that's great stuff. So to me, you know what I would do? The Destroyer. The Destroyer. Uh, there's an old that's World War II yeah. character. Oh, I think okay, he okay. actually might be the first superhero that Stanley created for yeah. Marvel Comics. So you take the Destroyer and bam, there's your answer right there. I mean, he very much, he was running around. He didn't have superpowers. He just picked up a gun and... Bah, and that's bah, bah, what I was about to say. Since, since Frank Castle doesn't have any superpowers, would that be an appropriate guy? But you just said right now he did not... The, the, yeah, he the, didn't have the okay. power suit. But Frank right, cool. also doesn't wear a mask. Like, True. That's, that's, that's an interesting thing, but... He doesn't. He has occasionally painted the skull in his face, True. but that's not necessarily a mask. It's not the same thing. <laughs> yeah, that's why J. Jonah Jameson likes him. <laughs> exactly. He doesn't he wear him. a mask, Parker. I need photos. True American hero. Get me exactly. that Castelloni boy here. Castelloni. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about that the other day. How would you pronounce his last name? Because I guess Chris didn't know his original name was Francis Castiglione, or is it is it Castiglione or is it Castiglione? I would have said the first one you said because he has the G in there. Yes, but I'm not Italian. Yeah, <laughs> I just go by however uh, they pronounced it in the John Berthnall there you go. Netflix series. There you go. Oh, <laughs> he did say it there. Okay, I gotta uh, watch the clip now. Because yeah, because I, I, like I'm curious because like I've known of Francis, but the Castiglione, I, I that's new. Like that's gotta be like I I, I almost wonder since I'm looking at it, maybe if it's, is it Garth Ennis? Did he inject it? Because that's one of those things. Like okay, and I think. I think Rafa and I talked to us at Magneto Testament. Did you read that yes, series? Yes. So before Magneto Testament, it was Eric Lesher, Magnus, or Magneto. Those are the names he would be associated with. Yep. Then they do Magneto Testament, and then they throw in this other name. Oh, and they're name. like, oh, he's so-and-so. It was Max, wasn't it? Max, yeah, Max. Max uh, I thought it was Lesher. No, Eric Lesher was always been that one. But it was I Max can't, something. Max, that was Max Lord. <laughs> it was magical. Good tie-in. Uh, but yeah, it was something to that effect. I mean, obviously, it's, it's not that important because even the movies didn't embrace that, you know, like, because they're all about embracing new continuity. So yeah, but anyways, yeah, so, so, there we go. Well, we should do a Destroyer 101. I there think that'd be go. fun. We will continue. This episode will be to be continued in a future time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but anyways, Punisher Soviet, no, Punisher Soviet number one comes out. Garth Anus is back. He's at Marvel, and he's going to do some crazy wicked stuff. Uh, he's got Jason Burroughs from Moon Knight coming over and they're just going to go after Russian mobsters. Punisher is going to do what he does best. He's going to make some Russian bacon. So get ready for it because <laughs> this bacon. is Max. So this series is going to get wild. You just sold me right now. I'm right? Russian bacon? Was that a thing? <laughs> I, need to, I need to write solicits. <laughs> Have you ever heard of Russian bacon? Buy this series. I don't know. It's it, it creates that whole aspect. I mean, Thinking on it, okay, so we're talking about the Punisher, right? One of these great characters. I like this whole idea of legacy and where it's coming from. I'm thinking maybe more of like a Terminator aspect. Maybe he goes back in time to be the original Punisher in World War II and then comes back to be his own his own person. Would that okay, ever back, sell? Maybe back not. Back up a minute. Who goes back? Like like, like somehow Frank Cosmic Ghost Rider. So, so yeah, there so you go. Frank <laughs> goes to to Doctor Strange's house. For some reason, he's babysitting his his cat or something, and he walks into a portal, and it sends him back in time, and he's stuck there. It's like, well, 
someone's gonna have to, to defeat this Viet Cang. <laughs> and so there he goes, and he's just taking on the Vietnam, uh, taking on bad guys. Oh, and his or whatever, whatever's going on. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Wherever and he ends up. Ultimately, what ends up happening is he creates this this whole new this legacy to himself, and then young Frank is like, oh, this guy Punisher, and then he becomes the Punisher. It's a time loop. So yeah, he created himself. It's a it's a time loop. Or even better, why am I even saying that? He, he has like a Terminator inside of him. Ooh. What if this what? whole time? What if they retcon that this whole time? Every time I get punched by him, he breaks my my face really really easily, and then just turns out he's just a robot. Because then they did that one series right where where Punisher was a Frankenstein. Didn't oh yeah. They? Oh Frankencastle. Oh my god, dude. I don't even know who who was there in the writing room who decided let's do this. I don't know. Man. I don't even know who liked it because I never read it. I, I bought a couple issues and I, I'm I'm not hating on anybody, but it just looks like there were left-handed cigarettes being smoked when they came up with that with that one, man. I mean, I think it's just it was the idea is like what 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 else can we do with the Punisher character? Right. Yeah. Let's uh, make him a cyborg. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, how is how does how else is the man who's gone who's essentially lived since the Vietnam War right. and and gone up against superheroes and still comes out to, in 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 one perspective future killed all of the Marvel universe? Like, right. how, how does the, the guy do that? He's got to have some kind of implants or something, That's a right? Great cover, by dun, the way. Dun, dun, <laughs> yeah, dun, dun. I love so, that cover. This weekend, I've been watching a lot of King of the Hill reruns. Oh, and I love oh god, Hill, right? And one of the characters on there is Dale, Dale Gribble. We all know Dale Gribble. Dale Gribble <laughs> is your, your your quintessential conspiracy nut who doesn't believe anything that the government tells him. Well, in this episode, it turns out that he actually there's correct information, not correct information, and ultimately what ends up happening is he becomes like this American patriot. He's like, yeah, America all the way. I want to see something like that with where Frank, I mean, I don't know if they've ever done it, but what if Frank just decided to stop killing people and he just took on this mantle and he just wore like this this American you know, uniform and he goes around and he just, I don't know, we could call him America man. America man or just Mr. America? No, no, no. Something. America man. I mean, like when he was Captain America after Civil War? That. Ooh. But how long was he Captain America for? Like, not that long because people were like, take that off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I want right. to try that again. Okay. But try to make it work? I don't know. Huh. Like, but Captain uh, America with a skull on it just seems yeah, scary. It, was, <laughs> it yeah. does, yeah. Which the America a lot of people don't want to see. Yeah, exactly. It's a good point. It's a good point. Okay. So... Do we need to keep riffing? No, no, we're, we're good now. <laughs> this is not my spinner rack day. All right. Uh, Savage Avengers, the volume, the first volume trade paperback will be out, so to collect the series you didn't need, you, the series you didn't know that you need. Yeah, Going Mr. back Conan. to the uh, Conan, right. the original Punisher legacy there. Uh, Spider-Verse issue one of six, a brand new six-issue series revisiting the uh, the concept of Spider-Verse. We'll be getting a second printing as well. Um Going back to the reprint ideas, Tomb of Dracula number 10 will be reprinted as a facsimile edition. And why is this issue important, you ask? Blade's because, first appearance? Yep, it's the first appearance of Blade oh, very by nice. our friend Marv Wolfman, Gene nice. Collins, and Gil Kane on the cover. So they got together and they said, yeah, let's do this. Let's make the Blade. So he's going up against the old school Dracula, the one that we're used to seeing in the movies. Uh, uh, I found that, that one? Yep, yep. <laughs> Uh, Vision oh, is Hannibal <laughs> is Hannibal King in that version? I don't think so. I don't think so. Now, I don't I don't think so yet. But I don't I don't think it was too far away from him being okay. Because how far I I back surprised. is this? Uh, Tomb of Dracula. I want to say nineteen. 
I think it's 70s Late for 70s? sure. 1972. Oh, is that Blade sure. on the cover there? Yes, sir. Oh, Back wow. when he yeah, was that's definitely 70s. green pants and that <laughs> wicked cool red and crimson shirt combo and those wild green goggles of his. Yeah, so he could camouflage better. You look at this Blade, you're going to be like, what in the name of Wesley Sipes is that? <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. Vision will be collected in a trade paperback series. This will take Tom King's 12-issue maxi-series that took everything you knew about the Vision and changed it. And why is this being released now, you ask? That's because Disney Plus has already oh, dropped. Yeah. That's right. You're probably not listening. You're watching The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Whatever other things. But anyways, if you want to get some more insight to what's going to happen with WandaVision, uh, they're saying that they're going to take a lot of the insights there and try to adapt it into that as well. Uh, X-Factor Epic Collections Examinations will be released. Uh, This will be part of the X-Factor Collection. I think this is volume two of Peter David's run. And uh, this was a great series because it actually, like, they had therapy sessions with the X Factor group, and they were talking to them. And if you're a fan of Quicksilver, you want to learn more about this guy and what makes him tick, that is the way to go. And finally, the big book of the week that we're all excited for, X-Men number two. Yes. Cyclops and his children go on an awesome vacation. If you enjoyed the first (laughs) issue of X-Men number one, which was reviewed on our Geek Elite uh, media website, then continue on with the glory because ultimately what we got here is we got Cyclops, we got Rachel, and we got Wi-Fi, and they're all going to join force together. I love the the, the preview page because it's literally just Krakoa, the living island that we're on right now, has made a beeline to another island that just randomly appeared, and it's full of monsters. Mm-hmm. And so, children... I'm getting. You want to help your old man beat up some monsters? Uh, <laughs> I'm just that concept. It's, seriously, it's darn near quoted quote like that. You I'm just, ready. Hey, who wants to help dad? There's some stuff to go fight. You know, should I bring a gun? Should I bring a big gun? I'll bring in the two big guns I got. And, and then even when they then, get there, just, I need a bigger. I need gun. a bigger gun. And I'm glad they're utilizing Rachel. I mean, we're getting Rachel to do something again. So I'm very excited about yeah. that. No, I'm very excited because the whole mystery of what's going on in the Summers household is interesting to me because that is one of the character sets that I do care about, and I'm 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 just a nosy, you know. Uh, but I am very excited about this, you know, changing of the team. You know, Cyclops will be the nucleus, and then each issue will have some different things happening. Yeah. And I think, I, I don't know, we'll save that for another time, but yeah, I'm very hyped for this one. I can't wait to sit down and read this. Same here. I mean, I get it why people call him Wi-Fi, because he's the younger, newer version of Cable, but people do realize that Cable is still more sh- uh, powerful than than Wi-Fi, a Wi-Fi signal. Like if you hook a cable into the back of your computer, you're gonna get better internet than you if you're Fact, using Wi-Fi. That Ethernet cable is gonna is gonna help you throughout all of it. I completely agree. I started calling Wi-Fi because I heard they were calling them Wi-Fi. Yeah, I just like the Kid Cable. Boards, yeah. To me, Kid Cable is perfect. That sounds fun. Kid Cable. Kid Cable. Kid Cable. I, I'm not telling you not to call it Wi-Fi. I just think it's funny that people yeah. because people use Wi-Fi as the word for internet. It's not. It's the way the internet gets to you. It's true. But it's like oh. I'm not where I'm not where the the Wi-Fi is. It's like that's that's not a thing. Give me some of that broadband. I'm gonna have some spoon <laughs> for breakfast. Yeah, because it's cereal. No, yeah, it transports to you via the spoon. <laughs> mm, it's metal. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's on your spinner rack. That's your spinner rack for the week. We got through it. <laughs> let's yeah, thank get you for your thank you for dealing with my technical difficulties. Give a, a, a real quick roundup of what Sacrifice is in the DC Universe. We talked about it last week in our 101 for Max Lord, but uh, just to give you an idea of what the story is we're going to create this week, we want to have a rundown real quick. Okay, so uh, Max Lord has revealed his evil plan, and he's put his machinations to fruit. Uh, we've seen that happening in the 
OMAC story arc. Then the OMAC story arc, once it got through issue three, took a pause and it went off into a story called Sacrifice. And basically what happened there, and this was all part of Superman issue 219, Action Comics 829, Adventures of Superman 642, and Wonder Woman 219. And it said, Max Lord said, all right, Batman's on to me. So he uses mind control to take Superman, beat the heavenly crap out of Batman. Luckily, Wonder Woman arrives just in time to stop and save Bruce Wayne. Uh, Batman is badly beaten and destroyed. The Justice League is weary of Superman because he's talking like, I don't know anything happened i saw lois getting hurt and i responded and wonder woman is trying to get to the bottom of this thing so finally they discover martian manhunter goes into superman's mind to see if he can clear the cobwebs and they see that it was max lord all along wonder woman takes the fight to max lord so max lord is like oh no he brings superman to his defense superman and wonder woman duke it out luckily the brother i satellite is taping all this stuff so that way it can show the rest of the world why meta meta humans need to be destroyed so max lord is ultimately winning in his plan finally wonder woman takes the fight back to max she's got him in the Lasso of Troop, and then she's like, you need to let Superman go. And he's like, I'm not going to. As long as I breathe, he will always be mine. So she's like, well, then how can I get free of it? And that's when he tells her straight up, you have to kill me. And she does it. Superman then comes back to normal. He witnesses Wonder Woman snap Max Lord's neck. These panels were insane. Thank you, Rags Morales. And that's how it goes. And then the Brother Ice Satellite actually recorded this, released it on live TV for everyone in the world to see. So Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, the holy trinity of the DC Universe, are now destroyed. Batman and Superman have judged and condemned Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman knows she did the right thing. Superman is worried about his relationship with Batman. Batman is mad at Superman. And it is just chaos, which leads to... The Infinite Crisis. So, uh, thanks to Chris, he went and get, got us our prompts for this this uh, ac- exercise story in storytelling. Uh, we need who is our Maxwell Lord? Who is our B level villain? Which I want to say this is the best part of this of creating this story for me is like finding a villain and giving him a, a power boost or as the kids call it now a glow up. <laughs> yes, <laughs> nice. A what? A, a glow up is is when you were a real awkward kid, but when you became an adult, you were you're you're awesome. You're you're either really good at something Your or really light good looking. Your burns brighter. Oh. Uh, instead of growing up, you glow up. So it's got nothing to do with with those. Glow sticks. No. Okay. That's <laughs> said, a whole the, different situation. Ask the old man. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yes. Uh, who's your Maxwell Lord? Who's your B-level villain that's going to uh, be the, the the villain, the, the big bad? Uh, who is your Superman who's going to get taken over by your, your villain? Who's your Blue Beetle who's going to get killed by your villain? Uh, who is your Trinity So you're, that gets uh, destroyed or you know cracked? Which was friendships ba- will be destroyed. <laughs> which was Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman. And then who's your Wonder Woman? Uh, the person that has to make the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, the person has to do the dirty deed. Yeah, has to do the dirty deed. And then what's the what's the organization that uh, your villain worked for? Which was Checkmate in the original story. So Sam, did you come up with a story? I did not, unfortunately. I, I'm here to listen and learn and enjoy <laughs> this cast. Sam will rate the story. <laughs> Rafa, how about you go first? I'd love to enjoy our narrative. Taking you back All to right. 1990. No, I'm not going that far. <laughs> I so, like the hand <laughs> emotions. <laughs> so my, I, I got to get into it. So my story is taking place on the new recent mutant nation of Krakoa. You've got illustrations here. I nice. do have illustrations. It's a little spiky man. He has nothing to do with it. I don't know. I just okay. started doodling. But overall, in my story, so there is chaos afoot. There's a lot of things going on. The mutants have now created their new nation island on Krakoa doing their own thing. And, you know, things are pretty calm or whatever, but 
there is one X-Man on Krakoa who believes there is a bigger conspiracy, and that X-Man is Alex Summers Havoc himself. And Alex Summers is getting information from somewhere saying, there is a traitor in the mix and do not trust this person. You must follow these clues. Alex being Alex, he doesn't really know how to do it, so he goes to people. Specifically, he goes to his older brother, Cyclops. He even talks to a couple of other people like Storm and Jean, but none of them really believe him because... Havoc has had a history of not being the best leader and also not be, the, being the most gullible for certain things. Cyclops being the commander of the forces is saying, no, brother, if there was something going on, I would have gotten this information. Someone's trying to throw you for a loop. And again, Alex isn't one of those characters that is necessarily looked at as super seriously just because when he did have his moment to shine as a leader, specifically for the uncanny X-Men or the Uncanny Avengers, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he made a wash of it. He wasn't very good at it. So right now, Alex isn't really looked at as the most. Well, I'm not gonna really take it. He's into chicken it. little, yeah. Kind of kind of looking at that. Um, as he's kind of going through the surface trying to find out, this huge event happens where different characters are sporadically placed around the island and something is coming and Krokoa's defenses are down and no one knows what's going on. Um, uh, Mr. Cypher himself has been taken out so that one person that can communicate with the island is unable to know what's going on. So everyone's in the dark and everyone's kind of running around with their heads cut off what's happening. And that's when we have Alex going to look at seeing who was the one that masterminded all this and out pops out from the beautiful ground like a beautiful beautiful missile coming straight forward it's magneto glowing strong and he is pulling the island apart and alex is saying i didn't know it was you how could you do this but magneto is silent and there's nothing coming out of magneto's mouth and as you can see upon closer inspection his mouth has actually been taken off of his face like someone melted it so magneto's being manipulated and who's the one manipulating magneto it is Polaris herself. It is Lorna Sally Dane. Wow. Havoc's ex-girlfriend, one-time estranged lover. And she has now come forward to showcase, I am actually an Orcus agent. Orcus is the, wow. the, the group of people that are put together to actually destroy the X-Men threat, as we've seen in Hickman's New World. And this whole time, she has been an agent for them in her attempts to infiltrate the actual X-Men from within. And what she's doing is she's been giving a certain power-ups in order for her electromagnetic manipulation to work and she is taking control over the greatest nuke that could possibly be on the x-men island and that's magneto himself her and father. she is yeah her father and she is utilizing him to destroy the island into pieces alex is there trying to showcase no we can't do this you know you know i loved you you can't do this they're tricking you and of course lorna has had a lot of mental health issues in the past so what's happening here is she is you know it looks like he's getting through to her but then no she just literally blasts him and all the atoms in his body all the all the iron destroyed alex is burned was destroyed to pieces and as this comes in the other x-men come in saying what's happening and they don't know what to do so ultimately during this whole thing so like i'm saying right now polaris is my max lord she is the person that is being manipulated whether she's being manipulated by them or actually has become a villain that's where she's at right now and she has manipulating and using her father as a weapon to destroy the x-men and they don't know how to stop her necessarily because everything that they do magneto is able to stop and i'm kind of riffing a little bit off of the issue of uh, ultimatum where magneto uses milner to kind of destroy the poles of the earth and almost uh-huh. destroys everybody. So what ultimately ends up happening is they don't know how to stop her. And then from very far away, we have Moira and she has a sniper shot oh. and she doesn't use a bullet. She's like a, one of those like plastic, I don't know, some kind of new tech. And she shoots yeah. Lauren in the head. Her head explodes. Magneto has lost his daughter. Xavier can't believe this has happened. Um, Moira has played herself out to showcase I'm still alive. What's yeah. going on? There's a lot of manipulation that's been happening. The X-Men are okay, but now these three can't 
how do they move forward when now they know more has been alive this whole time. Magneto was manipulated. And what do we go from here? And that's my story. I dig that because that actually fits into the current continuity. Plus one more thing to add to your Trinity. That's the horrible thing. Magne- or, sorry, Professor X can resurrect people. Mm-hmm. So what if he's like, no, we're not bringing Lorna back. Like she committed a, she like she would almost get banished like Sabretooth did because mm-hmm. of what she did, kill no mutant, and she clearly has. And also, I'm looking at it from the perspective of Magneto, right? Like they've retconned that what Wanda and Pietro aren't his children anymore. I think they're going to bring like it that. back. They might, right? but yeah, you're right. There was a time where they were like they're not related anymore. So and even with that, I mean, with Wanda, right? Like what happened with the whole House of M. Right, yeah. so it's kind of like no going like no. Magneto Polaris. children have always gone bad. Exactly, yeah. and so they're us- utilizing their father to to be the scapegoats when in reality it's the children, the father. So like the the sins of the father have come back to haunt him. Yeah, and oh, the wow. mutants are taken out. And that'd be my story. Wow, That's yeah, I do crazy. love that you use the newest continuity of the X Men in the in their world. That is pretty pretty incredible. Thank you. <laughs> I dig that. Yeah, I mean like. Uh, you, you destroyed the crap out of Havoc. Holy cow. Like, those are some cool visuals that you put out there. And I could just see that. Yeah, like, on one side of Muir Island, there's Moira with, like, this plastic sniper rifle. And she's just sitting there. I could see, like, she's probably got these crazy goggles on, some all-white camo suit. And just, like, and she doesn't even hesitate. She's like, think. Yep, like, I would love the panel. Like, by the time we get to the panel, her finger's already in the back position. She already pulled the trigger. Yep. Like, there is no hesitation on Moira's part. I dig it. That's cool. Thank you. All right, so I'll do mine next. Uh, so my Trinity is going to be the the Defenders, but it's the Street Defenders. It's it's Bendis' d- Defenders. So well Daredevil, Luke Cage, okay. Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, right? Right. Okay. Uh, Chris is going to hate me on this one. Uh, my Blue Beetle, who decides he's, you know, something's not right. Something's not go- something is off in the streets of uh, Hell's Kitchen, New York. And uh, he goes and he uh, he's Daredevil is my blue beetle. Oh. <laughs> so Daredevil is ultimately going to get uh, killed when he finds out that the new leader of AIM, which is my checkmate, is Dr. Jonathan Own or Ohm, Own, I think. It's either one. But it's the spot. It's Spider-Man villain, the spot. Mm. I think I've always liked. Interesting. I like that choice. Yeah. And he, I don't think he gets real play because he's just he do, he's a dude that opens up portals and stuff. Uh, but such a powerful power, right? Yeah, it has to. Yeah, it, it, it's he, used for comedic effect. But God, it's really powerful. There's, and there's another thing is that he has his own like dimension. It's called Spot World. Like that's where the, the portals open up from, and he can go through. So I'm gonna give him the, the glow up. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it so that he is <laughs> he is the head the new head of AIM. Like he's he's powered himself to a point where not just opening up big portals. But he can open up micro portals. Ah. So these micro portals, he figured out the way that if he, if he opens up a micro portal in a certain part of your brain, he can. You are now super suggestive. You nice. you can do whatever it is that oh, that's genius <laughs> that he does be, through the power of the spot world. So as uh, he does that, he takes over the mind of Iron Fist. That's my Superman. Iron Fist is Danny Rand. Yes. Goofy guy does what he wants to do. He does have skills as a reason why he got the Iron Fist, but the Iron Fist power itself is so powerful and never gets utilized as much as it should. Think of, I mean, the, all that cheat. So you're just asking, why stop at the fist? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Man of iron. <laughs> so, yes, the Iron Fist is going around destroying stuff because he's under the power of the spot. Uh, then we get to um, who is my, my uh, Wonder Woman? Well, Jessica. Jessica's going to be the one that does the, the deed. You went full-on street level in. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Jessica Jones comes in, 
and she just snaps the neck of the spot. She gets she gets by his uh, portals and and figures out the way. And Luke Cage is sitting there trying to reckon, you know, be with his buddy, his his best friend Iron Fist, trying to stop him from destroying stuff. But that's what Jessica does it. But that breaks up the tri- uh, the, the defenders. We got Daredevil dead. You got Jessica. Uh, uh, now a, a killer on massive television. I mean, not much far different from the Netflix TV show, but but she's got no mask to hide behind. But she too. has no mask behind to hide, hide behind. So there, there's my story. I like that. I like that you're incorporating the spot, which is a really good play because it's that character I wouldn't have thought of. And I like the way that you're utilizing the manipulation with the little portals, mm-hmm. the micro portals. I think that's really really clever. And I, of course, it would be Daredevil who'd find a hunch and you know with his whole. You know, his, his, not lawyer powers, but, you know, his, his, his power investigation, of investigation, a little bit, yeah. right? The other one, even how it's the investigator, Jessica herself, who maybe, I don't know, maybe she doesn't care at that point or she hasn't put it together yet. Mm-hmm. And so maybe she can even feel guilt that she didn't put it together in to time together. for Daredevil. I like that. And then, you know, the whole fact that, you know, at this in this continuity, are her and Luke married? Are they together? Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's right. Well, they the, have a baby. In the actual <laughs> oh, right. Marvel comic books, they're married and have a baby. Or yeah. are they married? They're yeah. together. I didn't know Stanley if they were married. Stanley married them. I oh, mean, okay. it wasn't Stan Stan, but they drew the priest to look like Stanley. Stan. Stan. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, that would be it. That would that, break that up their marriage, another, too. Yeah. Yeah. That adds another element to it. Like Even the baby leaves them. <laughs> <laughs> and good use of, you know, the iron fist. Because, yeah, you put it perfectly. You know, like, he has that WMD in his hand. Yeah. And when put in the wrong... I mean, that's why they're always trying to get it. So, I mean, in that case, yeah. I no, mean, he can literally good. take down a skyscraper on his own with one punch. Yep. And we don't do that. Yeah, it's very, very true. He's a powerful character. All right, Chris. So this is on the, you. This is the episode where I reveal that Mitch and I are actually related. Wow. Did <laughs> uh, we come what? up with the same team? Yes, we did. Oh. <laughs> All right. So I thought about this and I was like, okay, so casting it. Uh, so let's just, let's peel back. Let's go into it. So who's my Blue Beetle? It's actually Iron Fist. Okay. So he ah. has his own company. He has his own riches. And just as you mentioned, You're he's right. always looked at as a goof. So... He has a tight relationship with Luke Cage, but obviously Luke Cage has a wife and child. He's going to not always be there for him. So anyways, uh, Rand Industries is kind of losing money and things like that. So, you know, he turns to Tony Stark and Tony Stark's like, I don't give a care, dude. You you always lose your fortunes. Why are you bugging me? You know, so he decides to go to Jessica and he's like, look, Jessica, I need your help. And she's like, I am super busy. I have no time for me. I'll try to look into it. So that's kind of what gets the fire under his butt to go looking through it. So he starts checking the money. Like, where's money going? Where's it being filtered? So it's basically being a lot of it taken out by damage control. Now, that's right. They're not a super secret agency, but they are there when things go south. So borrowing a little bit from Spider-Man Homecoming, yeah, what happens to all that alien tech and powerful weapons? Well, that's a great storage warehouse full of things. And who else could see behind that paperwork? Because every time when you make an acquisition, you have to file for property rights. You have Mm -hmm. to file for all the stuff. Gee, that sounds like a lot of legal paperwork. So you know who finally just gets tired (laughs) of the meta-human crisis? Things are going to get a little foggy. Oh, oh no Nelson oh. does the heel turn. Somehow he has managed to get manipulative mind powers. Uh, basically, I'll, I'll attribute it to the Purple Man, so kind of a side effect. So he's cool. got that. So he's just sick of it. He's sick of Matt running around doing all these crazy things and things like that. So when finally the Iron Fist connects it all and he realizes that damage control is funneling money out of Rand Industries, they're stockpiling all this weaponry. Iron Fist confronts him, and he says, you know, so so Foggy Nelson is just like, look, man, join me or die. And Iron Fist is like, no, I would never do that. I'm going to tell Matt. Bam, doesn't give him the chance. Blows his brains out. 
Iron Fist did not catch that bullet. No. I guess he did catch it with his forehead. Uh. So <laughs> that's who my Blue Beetle is. He gets knocked down from there. So Foggy Nelson realizes, okay, well, you know, what can I do out of the street level heroes that I know who's going to be the most powerful? So he takes over the body of Luke Cage because you can't get in there and destroy the man. So he's got the closest thing you can have to a Superman. He's got Luke Cage. So he's using Luke Cage to go in there and do all his bidding and all his evil stuff and things like that. So, of course, the first thing that's going to happen is Luke Cage is going to go over and beat the hell out of Daredevil. Daredevil's not going to see it coming, pun. He's not going to see it coming. Why? Because <laughs> he trusts Luke Cage. So he's just going to be like, hey, what's going on, Luke? And Luke just beats the holy heck out of him. So now this is going to put a riff because Jessica Jones is going to feel that guilt for not having helped. She's seeing everything together. Her husband is being controlled and Daredevil is the one in the hospital bed because of all this stuff. So it comes down to the final confrontation. Jessica Jones is fighting her husband, Luke Cage. They're duking it out. Finally, she manages to do it and it's the same situation situation foggy you need to stop this we trust you you're our friend and he's like that's the thing i was your friend and you used me no more he is not showing any remorse so if somebody's bullying you and they don't give remorse then you have to take the gloves off too jessica jones yep just like in your story same thing she's gonna take out foggy nelson so foggy puts it out there don't worry there's always gonna be the mailer information j jonah jameson just for fun will actually be my brother i satellite he'll release information (laughs) brother j no but anyway so when that happens um yeah so after the aftermath foggy is dead iron fist is dead both matt and um luke just feel horrible because they've lost their best friend in the world and jessica realizes that things are never going to be the same because both those men are going to look at her differently and they all judge they're very judgmentally characters and they don't keep their mind open so that that's what's going to happen. Defenders, the streets get foggy. <laughs> <laughs> See, nice. Now, I, to do a little bit of, uh, not retcon, but like just added story to yours, I like the idea of Foggy like getting him, giving himself uh, Purple Man-esque powers out of love for, for Matt. Like He's like, I need to convince Ooh, Matt okay. to not go out there anymore. He, this is the only way to save Matt. This is the only way to save him, but then the power just ultimately corrupts. Yeah, absolute power I like corrupts. Absolutely. I also like how you're incorporating Rand Industries. Yeah. Kind of like what Ted was doing. Right? Yeah, that with Cord. Like, hey, who's, who's taking my money? I like that. <clears throat> that. That makes it very believable and it kind of going that way. Oh. Yeah, no, I just because I looked at it because initially, and it was funny because so I love to be very symmetrical about my two universes. I really I, in our so in our group chat that when we talk about this stuff, I um I wanted to use Purple Man so bad, mm-hmm. but I, I I was like yeah, but that's not going to be the big heel turn. So uh, it was hard, and I I just was like man, and I I didn't want to sacrifice Foggy. Yeah, I feel so bad because everything's already been taken from Matt. They took Karen, so this would be that final straw. But yeah, so no, I, I definitely, and I had to, and I thought about that. I was like, oh, who's the rich person that we can manipulate? Hey, Rand that, Industries. That's your, that, there's your, your heel turn without having to kill Foggy. It's Karen. She's back from the dead. Oh, she, was, she was cloned with the power. Oh. Well, we'll just do a Moira thing. She has there Purple Man go. power, and she just made everybody think she was dead. So she could be behind the Ooh. scenes the whole time. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, okay, Sam, these are the three stories that we came up with this week. How did you enjoy them? I enjoyed all three of them. I, I mean, I don't know. Unfortunately, I don't know a lot of the characters you guys are talking about because, as I've said before, and as people I'm sure are getting tired of hearing, I don't read comics as much as I would like to, but I enjoyed the story that Roth opposed. I enjoyed your story. I enjoyed, uh, what was it? Uh, well, what did you call it? Defenders. Things get foggy. Streets, of the, streets <laughs> yeah, right. of fog. The streets get foggy. <laughs> I like the fact that you named yours. That, that's awesome, dude. That makes me want to go out and find the 10-part you know, series. <laughs> I'll do it in six. Don't worry. <laughs> Very nice. One trade collects them all. Very nice. 
So just a little bit of uh, behind the scenes. We are actually recording this on Veterans Day, and we'd like to thank Sam for being for serving their country and, and helping uh, defend our freedoms as a Marine. Thank you, sir. Well, I appreciate that, gentlemen. And then everyone else who listens and is uh, part of the military services, we appreciate you and honor you. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, it's always great to see people rise up to be more and give more for everybody. I was going to say something right now, but it's just going to start a fight online. Because, <laughs> I mean, okay, all right. Pumpkins all right, let me, let, me, let me just bring this up, okay? For, for those that are listening that are vets, everybody knows that there's sibling rivalry among the branches. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you said that, whatever it was that you just said right now, that, that, that we appreciate everybody's service, I was going to say, even the Chair Force. <laughs> but if you're an Air Force vet, believe me, my best friend is an Air Force vet. He actually retired, whereas I did not. Um, we were best men at each other's wedding, so I have much respect for all five branches of the service because a lot of people forget the Coast Guard, Coast Guard. is right. a branch of the Armed Services. So thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. All right. If you have anything you'd like to say to us about any of the stories we did or any of the things on the spinner rack, we'd love to hear from you. I am on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia GEM. Uh, GEM stands for Geek Elite Media. You can also find Chris on Twitter at Stuff I Should Say, Should being spelled S H U D. And you can also find his writings online at. Yeah, so if you want to check out my reviews, they're over on Adventures in Portes, and I try to write as many articles as I can. So always be checking out the Geek Elite Media website as well, so that way you can find some interesting stuff. You can find Rafa online at Mobile Rafi, whether on Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. I'm just a fun time. Come check me out. <laughs> Sam, do you have a, a social media you'd like to? Get? I actually did find out that I've got a Twitter account. <laughs> Nice. Nice. Give it it's, to us. It's Sam I am 7041. 7041. Yeah, Sam I, like I am 7041. If you want to talk to the rest of Geek Elite Media, it's at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archives of episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network on our website, geekleetmedia.com. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.